Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. Bleacher Creature Nation. We are back. And first off, I'll apologize for the hiatus due to some uh, scheduling conflicts the last couple weeks, uh, mainly on my end. Uh, we were unable to release any content, but we are back. We got the stuff all figured out, and we are ready to keep rocking and rolling. Uh, as always, I have the one and only John with me on the line, because uh, who I can't do the show without him, let's be real. And thank God the sports world is finally giving us shit to talk about, because... Like if you're a Nick fan, you can't. No, no, no! Thank God that thank God that the Mets are living up to their normal stereotypical self, as are the Jets. So everything is right in the world. Well, yeah. Well, complete and utter chaos and and lack of management and ownership skills continue to haunt all three New York franchises. Think, just chalk that up. I, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, you'll take it. I can't stop. I'm sick. You picked your teams, bud. This is all your fault. No, it's not. I became a Mets fan because I thought it was the opposite of the Yankees. I should be a Red Sox fan. Oh, if you were a Red Sox fan, we wouldn't be buddies, though. So, Dude, listen, listen. I, I, I told you that story, though, right? No. And what 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 story? Quick story. Quick story. I was younger. I was like eight, eight years old. So this is before the 2000 World Series. This is like 98, I'd say. Okay. Everyone around me is a diehard Yankee fan. And like, I, my dad hated the Yankees. And I don't agree with anything with my father to begin with. But I guess this one I did. I couldn't stand them just because they won all the time. The no-shave policy, even at a young age, bothered me. The clean cut, the always say the right thing. Just made me furious. So I, I, I asked my dad, I said, what's the opposite team of the Yankees? So the Mets. That's how I became a Mets fan. Oh, there you go. So it really, if I would have, obviously, it should have been the Red Sox. Yeah. Well, also, I well, I heard Sox fan. Well, shit, right around 98, the Orioles were still good, too, if you really wanted to go out on the limb. No, I think it would have been, I always rooted for the Red Sox against the Yankees. I mean, yeah. that 2004 Idiots team has to be my favorite sports team, not only baseball, of all time. Yeah. I will disagree on so many levels because that team can suck every part of my dick but that team with pedro and manny and poppy and damon and millar and bill miller it was the best team of all time no that's right no, oh yeah no that was the best team of all time anywho before i get furious um how the fuck did you guys play the worst team in baseball with your three best pitchers and lose all three. I think they want Callaway fired. So you think that was more or less the players just kind of mailing it in as like a like a active silent nope. protest? Oh. I think it's when you work for somebody you really like, you want to go out and not only win for yourself, but win for them, right? So well, yeah. just, if you have a manager or a, an owner at your job, if you really like him, you're going to do the extra little things for him that you might not want to do, right? Yeah. When you have somebody you don't respect, I don't want to say you cut your nose off to spite your face, but you, you don't give a shit about if he looks good or not. Yeah, that's and valid. I, that's, the difference, that's the difference between 
where the Mets are now and probably where they should be, which is give or take two or three games over 500. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think that's a – listen, I have never complained as a, baseball, as a baseball fan in general about a manager except for Aaron Boone. And my whole life is being a baseball fan except for Aaron Boone and Mickey Callaway over the last 10 games. And I like Callaway. I want to like him. He's just ter- – he seems overwhelmed. Yeah, I'll he, give you that. A couple of games ago, we talked about this earlier. He pinched hit for Gesellman with Broxton with two outs in the eighth to have a reliever come in. I think it was Bashler who gave up a second pitch home run and they lost the game. When yeah. you could have just had Gesellman go out and have the top of your order for the bottom of the ninth in a tie game. Yeah. I mean, that's just pure stupidity in my eyes. Your, your offense is off to such a hot start that nobody in baseball can believe it. So what do you do? Todd Frazier comes off the DL. You take the kid out who's been red hot. Yeah. For Todd Frazier. Jacob DeGrom, a six or six point seven or six or seven point two ERA, with anyone catching besides Thomas Nito. With Nito, he's three and zero with a zero point three zero ERA. Yep. So what do you do? You put Ramos behind the plate to catch him. Why not? Even though you're going to give Ramos day off on other days, once or twice a week, because of his age. Yeah. You don't, you don't line that up. No. You, instead, you have Nido play on Sunday for Cindergaard. Yeah. Who's just fine with anybody catching statistically this year. Right. And in a game that you must win, because your job's on the line, you put out your B lineup like any other typical Sunday. And then you come out with a statement, there's no must-win games unless it's Game 7 of the World Series. That's what every Met fan wants to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, right. He's too... <laughs> This team is talented, but you can't. And the other thing is you back up Robbie Cano when he doesn't run out two ground ball double plays. Yeah. Now, if you're 10 games over 500 and you have Frazier in the lineup and Cano and they're struggling and Cano, maybe you get a little more leeway to these guys, right? Yeah. Say, hey, listen, you're a reason we are where we are right now. Yeah, Um, I hear you. Instead, they're not doing shit. What kind of message does that send to the rest of your clubhouse? Uh, for lack of a better term, definitely the wrong message. Right. And, and what do you, th- so you think these, you don't think it's a coincidence that in the last two games against the Marlins pitching staff, they have combined three hits, two of which were from the first hitter of the game. Yeah. That's, 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 that's called phoning it in. So if you see that as an owner, what do you, do? I, I, I have to can you immediately, regardless if I like you or not. But let's be real. Even if you did keep Callaway, then you just pissed off the clubhouse and your season's fucked. You can't keep him. You got to. You got. If you keep him past today or the next home game, you got it. The only way I could see them keeping him a few more games is they want the new manager to start with Degrom on the mound, not with the four and five starters on the mound. Right. Uh, you want to get the new manager off to a good start with your ace on the mound, right? Yeah. That's why they only have like players only meetings. Normally you notice that when like the ace is going the next step. Yeah, right. Right? So I could see that, but at the same time, I would still can him right now anyway. Yeah, at th- at this point, dude, you 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 can't I mean, I don't disagree with you in any way shape or form. If if the if the clubhouse hates what the manager's doing and he and he the decisions on field make no fucking sense, you can't keep him. You just can't, and it's er, and it's early enough to salvage your season. 
as long as you hire a capable replacement. I, I get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Listen, the replacement is not going to happen right now, okay? But I'll tell you this, dude. They cannot afford to fall 10 back in the Phillies. They're not going to make a wild card because, like we've talked about all year long, the NL Central is probably the best division in baseball, especially with the Pirates playing over 500 baseball right now. Yeah, I don't see that being sustainable, but yeah. I don't see it either, but did you think they'd be a couple games over 500 this deep? I didn't. No, neither did I. Josh, Bell's, some, but Josh Bell is carrying that whole team. Let's be real. He is, but they're playing some good baseball right now. Well, yeah. Um, But let's like look at the Mets statistically. Like Ahmed Rosario, having a good year. Alonzo. McNeil, Conforto, good years. J.D. Davis, good year. Wilson Ramos started out very hot, cooled down. But his RBIs, he's on pace for 78 RBIs. Out of your catcher spot, you take that, right? Yeah. Dom Smith has been great off the bench. Who's been killing us? Cano, Frazier, unfortunately Nimmo. But I don't think any fan hates him because he plays so hard. Yeah. But you have Cano jog. He didn't even run to first base. Yeah. He stood there. Luke, he stood in the batter's box. I watched. I saw it. This is the second time he's done that in two games. Yeah, I'm trust me. I'm I'm well aware of the of the bullshit. You're veteran presence. You're the last guy I want on my team as a veteran presence. Yeah, well, this is what that that was the uh, collateral cost to get the best closer in baseball. But that doesn't mean you have to play him. Ah, uh, the money you're paying constitutes that. I don't give a that. fuck what I'm paying you. Well, you said it. You said it. We made that trade to get Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Not Robinson Cano. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe you. And it's not like he's batting two eighty. And do I think he's still a 280 hitter? Yes. Am I saying bench him for the rest of the year? No. I'm saying bench him right now and say, dude, you got to stop with that shit. I don't care. If you want to play, then you're running the ball. If you need a day off, tell me. Well, why don't the players take it upon themselves to run kangaroo court and hold Cano responsible for his bullshit? Because the players can govern each other almost more effectively than the managers. I think veteran players stick together. And the rookies stick together. Yeah, but I don't see a guy like Todd Frazier being okay with that. I think Todd Frazier's batting 150 has enough of his own concerns right now. All right, well, whatever the case may be, who would you want to be not the interim replacement, but the long-term replacement for Callaway? Girardi. Do you want Girardi, yeah? It'd be a big fuck you to the Yankees. Yeah, he also lives nearby, so he, it's a reasonable higher I know he can pretty know he can handle New York yeah as player and manager yeah he's an ex-catcher yeah that's also it's also a fuck you to the Marlins in my opinion the Yankees team in 2000 oh geez when they lost to the to when they lost to the Astros in game seven the ALCS well what, what year was that 17 yeah it was two years ago so in my opinion, that Yankee team is worse than this current Mets team. Overall. Okay. On, pa- on paper. On paper. I think the, that team had more holes than the New York Mets currently do. Um, I could see Girardi taking them just as far, if not further. 
than that. All right. Listen, this is a team that still has DeGrom and Syndergaard. It still has Wheeler and Matt. Now, between Wheeler and Matt, they pitched the way, especially Wheeler. He went back to one bad inning Wheeler, where there's one inning he gives up four runs, he'll get the next 15 outs in a row. Mm -hmm. I think he'll correct it again. I'm seeing there's there's been two starts where I've been like, this doesn't look good. Every other start, it's like, Dan, he looks great. He just gave up two home runs in a row. <laughs> Calling it um, now, Wheeler gets traded at the deadline. Well, I don't think so. Now the Mets are in contention. Yeah, which is why my theory would be you got to fire Callaway today. Literally today. To I don't know how. I woke up, Luke, and I, my phone was dead. I charged it. I checked right away. I didn't think he, I thought he was going to be fired overnight. Yeah, I don't see how you can keep him. The only way they keep him, I think, is if they want to start the new manager with DeGrom on the mound, which would be two games from now. Right. Or if they wanted to rush DeGrom one game from now. Uh, well, why, why, why rush it, though? It's not September. I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying those are their two options. Yeah. No, I – well, who with – what would they do? Just promote the bench coach? Well, they hired a bench coach who – has taken over mid-year several times. Okay, so at least he's trustworthy enough to, to carry the ship, presumably, for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, the Mets just had a 50% off ticket sale that I got a notification on my phone for this homestand. That's not good. Uh, well, you just lost three games in a row to the fucking Marlins, so I would hope, and also you have, you're trying to sell tickets on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which is in and of itself is a challenge. Hey, listen, this team is playing flat right now. Yep. They need a spark. Yeah. Your veteran guys are not vocal leaders in this clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Maybe freeze a little bit. The rest are kind of do as I do, guys, which is fine. So that means it has to come from some type of managerial GM position. I think Brody is a guy that would have no problem say, having a team meeting. But, Cal- dude, Callaway's still defending – to know to the media if that was terry collins he'd be like he needs to get the fuck out of here if he's gonna do that again yeah remember every year under terry collins they this has been the mets track record since 2014 where hot start shitty and strong right yeah that's been their mo i have no doubt they will end the season strong they are they have just like i had no doubt they'd get off to a hot start with the mets you always it's almost like I don't know what happens. It ha- that's a managerial thing, but it happened under Terry Collins. But Collins lit a fire under their ass. Mickey Calloway handled it differently last year, and it worked, so you can't argue it. But you can't fall 10, 12 games behind and expect to happen what happened in 15 and 16 where you catch up. How about you just maintain 500 baseball and you're four games behind going into the last two months of the season? Right. Because then I then I would tell you on the air, I, I feel like I guarantee you they, they beat out the Phillies. I know they're going to outplay Phillies in the last two months of the season. Hmm. I have no doubt about that. I don't think the Phillies are that good. I, if there was a seven-game series in the playoffs, Mets versus Phillies, the Mets take that. I, I would bet all my money on that. They are a better baseball team. They are not playing like one, and the manager is not helping them. In my terms, then you got to go. 
What they just did by getting three hits in two games against that stat, with two of the hits coming in the first five pitches of the game, that just, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's it. That's the bottom line, Luke. I, they do not give a fuck. And that's fine. So, Mickey, they are obviously not playing for you. Whatever you're doing is not working, man. Unfortunately, we're going to have to part ways here. Yeah. I, it's it's clear when the players, especially a young team that came out playing hard and also ended last season playing, you know, hard, fast, loose right. baseball that's with fun. The fun is gone. Right. They're not losing games by getting beat. They're just they're going through the motions. Frustrations are building up. Todd Frazier, a really good clubhouse guy and a guy that you never hear anything bad about. It's cursing off fans at Miami Ballpark. You never hear him do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Which means frustrations are just boiling over. Yeah. And that something is wrong in that clubhouse. Yeah. Something is wrong. I, and we can sit here and say it's Callaway or it's Cano. But if you're another player, you see Robinson Cano not run that ball out, then the manager defend him. Then he does it again, and the manager still defends him. What do you think? Yeah, it's not a great look. fuck this. Like, especially when you have guys like Nimmo, McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, where they hit a ground ball to first base. Dude, Nimmo sprints down to first on a walk. So does McNeil. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, but but also, but even in New York, and just to just a quick comparison, the guys that are, you know, you take a walk, you hustle down to first, like the, the Brett Gardner method of playing, that works in New York. That will win you the – that will win you – uh, favor amongst the fan base We're in this town. Batting under two hundred right now. Right, but no one seems to be overly pissed at him. No, because you know the guy. You know right, he's trying. How, right, and how he's going through a bad slump. He's one of those guys where he comes up to the plate now. I wouldn't doubt if he got a standing ovation, like "Hey, dude!" Like we're behind you, type of thing. You know. Right. Whereas, and if Cano is batting three thirty, Luke. Okay. I'd be like, hey, guys, we're not scoring, and he's the only one hitting. That, the manager could say that, right? And you'd be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. The guy's been 230 with 12 RBIs in the three slot. Mm-hmm. And let's not act like he got off to a, such a hot start. This team was scoring runs, and nobody was talking about how bad he was doing because they were scoring. Yeah. So you let him play it out, right? Say, hey, he'll come through. Yeah. He's not coming through right now. Yeah. Well, let me flip the script on you for a second. In the In the terms of coming through – on the brighter side of New York baseball, the AAA Scranton Rail Riders, who have been temporarily relocated to the Bronx, are now sitting in first place, albeit a half a game, but still first place. I'll tell you this. I would take this Yankee lineup in the postseason over their everyday normal lineup. Yeah. If that normal day, everyday lineup comes back, Luke, you're going to see they're going to suffer. It's going to be worse. Yeah, the well, I I don't see a guy like Judge killing us as much as I see a guy like Stanton hurting us. I think Stanton's going to hurt you. I think DD is going to take a little while to get acclimated. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, I think the loss of Van Duhar is going to hurt later in the year, yeah. more so than right now. Gio Ursula is not this good. He is not that good hitting wise. Yes. Right, I'm talking strictly with the best. The guy, he has a great glove. Yeah. And he and he's clutch. He reminds me a little bit of a Scott Brocious, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and you, 
you take that in that Yankee lineup, but I don't know if they're going to take that. Um, I mean, with us right now, are you, it's easy to, to take what you can get right now because what's the alternative? There is none. These guys are playing good team baseball, Luke. Right. No. This is a scrappy Yankee team right now. Yeah. And that this team can make it to the postseason. I'll tell you what. Their regular lineup, don't doubt if they don't make it. Oh yeah. I uh I'm curious. Like I'm curious to see the guys like Hicks who just came back. Because Hicks is the kind of guy where, he, at his worst, he's like an Urshela. Where at worst, he's like a, still like a solid plus plus defender. No, Hicks is great. Hicks is great. Hicks is great. Right, but if the like you saw him bust out of the slump with that dinger yesterday, that's promising. Yo, know, but in stream, I, I'm and, not too worried about it. You got to remember, this is almost like spring training for him right now, right? Right. No, I'm not. No, I'm not I'm worried, worried about. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm worried about Hicks either. What I'm saying though is, there's no reason to be rushing Stanton back because let's be real. When Stanton comes back, he's still going to strike out on sliders anyway. That's, hey, this is what he's. This is what he does. The guys like Judge, you can't rush him because that injury is such a fragile spot where if he's swinging a little bit too hard, he's out for another two and a half months. Mm-hmm. So all I'm uh, there's really not much. There's a lot to say about the Yankees, but there's really not because everyone's just kind of surprised. I'll say I'll say this: they need better pitching. That, their pitching is not good. Uh yeah. The no, like Luke, their 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 pitching is like the Mets hit. They will just give up the lead or just give up enough to make the offense do more. The offense has been bailing them out. Yeah, they give up very untimely runs. Yeah, that is that is absolutely lot, true. Just very untimely, and their offense has been very much of like this 2000, 2001, 99, 98 team. We're like, if we need two, if we need three, we're gonna get three somehow. Yeah, if we need one, we're gonna scrap it out. If we need a big inning, somehow we're gonna hit three home runs. That, but the, that pitching is not gonna. The pitching is not going to be like that in the postseason. They're going to give up more. Yeah. Well, for start, well, kudos yesterday to Chance Adams for shutting down a Tampa lineup that's a good offense for the last three innings of that game to, you know, obviously it was a runaway at that point, but still a good outing. I, I, I firmly expected Adams to give up anywhere from three to five runs over three innings, and he was just, you know, in mop-up duty. So, uh, but you know what, Luke? When when you have a certain aura that you're gonna win, it's kind of like the Patriots. Things just happen, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like with the Mets and Jets. It's kind of like they you. It's crazy, right? They always do enough to really keep you watching. Yeah. They do. You're about to turn it off, and here they come, right? To just score a touchdown, and then they blow it. Yeah. And I don't. And that's I don't know what that is. I don't know. I, I I I'm not gonna say it's it's baseball karma because we haven't done anything to warrant good karma, but we've had the shitty I karma all year. Bad, listen, I think it's bad coaching and managing of the game. Well, the Jets, yeah, Todd Bowles. They come back right in his last season. Remember that game against Pittsburgh? I think they were down by like twelve with seven minutes to go. We had the ball at your forty-five going in. It was fourth and eight, and we punt. 
Yeah. I'm sitting there going, you realize you just gave Ben Roethlisberger the ball back in his home field down by 12. You don't go for it there? Todd Bowles' response was, I thought we were going to get three and out and get the ball back. You go for it. Are you retarded? Yeah, right. If you don't get the if they don't get the first down, it doesn't matter where the Steelers get the ball. What'd you gain? 20 yards? I think the Steelers end up get the ball at their own 18. So 20 yards of scrimmage. And, and I don't understand your logic. Yeah, I He's just here, stupid. Like, Luke, I never really, really ever complain about coaching. No, because because you they have so many things going on that we don't even know about. But mm-hmm. there are some things that are just stupidity as a person. Yeah, any football fan, I don't care how many beers deep you are, could say fourth and eight, 45 going in down by 12, seven minutes to go. Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side of the field in his hometown. You got to go for it. You don't have a choice. Give yeah. the ball back. Game's over. Even if they only get one first down, you'll have three minutes to score two touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I'm happy but I'm happy you brought up the Jets, because that was my next question for you. It's the Adam Gay show, baby. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? None of this shit makes any fucking sense to me. So while you and I were watching the draft together, right? Yeah. And what did I say that I noticed about the Jets work? Something looked extremely off. Right. It looked very weird compared to other draft rooms. Right. It looked like there was a room, like, divided with, like, the tension of, like, you know, it, 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 the vibe was terrible. And it came out that Gase didn't want to be a part of the whole draft process because he didn't believe in anything McCagan was doing. Right. He wanted to trade down. Um, you didn't get any specific names. Uh, the only name we got, this McCagney was on board to do this, so I, I think it just didn't work out. Was they wanted that Tyreek Hill like wide receiver, right? Uh, the what, second round. What Michael Hardman? Yes, and that they couldn't get that. Now I don't think Gase blew his lid about that because they still could have traded up in the second round to get that after the first round pick. I think he blew his lid as what are we doing taking the safe pick when I need to really rebuild this roster. Yeah, I think I think in the long haul, um, passing up on Josh Allen was probably a mistake. Largely dependent upon qu- what? It, it's only dependent upon polite. Well, right. If Quentin Williams is an All Pro, then you don't miss that much. But if Quentin Williams is, let's say, average, then it's a it's a no go. What do you say Leonard Williams is? Where do you put Leonard Williams? I, comparatively to Quinton Williams, I think Quinton Williams has to be better than Leonard Williams. Has to be in order for the pick to make sense? Or like you think he is? No, has to be for that pick to make sense. No, no, no. no. Do you think he is better is what I'm asking. Right now? Probably not. I think, no, no, not right now, Luke. Like, at the end of year one, who do you think will have be a better player at the end of the season? I would say I would say Leonard Williams because he's over and past the learning curve. See, I actually think it's going to be Quinnen Williams. Okay, so you're coming around on Quinnen. No, I'm not. Who, by the way, is probably my new favorite player in the NFL because he he's a 12 year old in an in a monster body. It's hilarious. He's, How about this? God bless you. Thank you. No, <laughs> that was fucking great. And he wasn't trying to be funny. No, that's he, just who he is. He's 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 like he seems like the nicest guy in the world. 
Um, which is I think that nice, which is he's cool. gonna be better because the position he's playing. Yeah. I think that it's easier if you're an interior pass rusher. I don't think guards are meant to pass protect as heavy as tackles. Yeah. I could see him being a little bit better. I don't see him being a stud. But I think I think the combo of 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 the Williamses in the middle could definitely work and be productive. Uh, especially with Greg Williams there, for sure. Right. That's right. It, I think Leonard Williams needed the compliment and throwing the number three overall pick as his quote unquote sidekick. I don't see how that hurts either of them. Hey, listen, the defensive line of Henry Anderson, Leonard Williams, and Quentin Williams with Stephen McClendon playing some snaps should allow Polite to get to the quarterback. In theory. Now, yeah. If Polite has 10 sacks. And Quinton Williams plays great, makes a Pro Bowl, but not all pro. Yeah. Then you can say McCannon did well. Then you do say that, right? Yeah. But let's look back the last time the Jets did this, when it took the best player available for Leonard Williams. And they already had Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, snaps. Those guys had breakout years. Then they draft Leonard Williams, and they all play the same position. They put Sheldon Richardson, an outside linebacker. Okay, 280-pound outside linebacker. Believe that shit. Yeah. And nobody does anything because they all play the same position. Yeah, no one gets in a rhythm. They're not playing any of them at their strengths. That could happen here. Yeah, no one gets in a rhythm. Yeah, I I will say um, Greg Williams, I think, is the perfect D coordinator for this team. Well, especially with your best players being Adams and Mosley with their their emotional Uh, players, right? Right. Now, Speaking of not tolerating stuff, those two won't tolerate shit. No. Just dude, does CJ Mosley scare you? Because he scares. Well, he's Ray. Well, he was basically mentored by Ray Lewis. No, just with the hair and the purple and red dreads and the dark face mask, he's an intimidating guy out there. That's what I'm saying. He reminds you of Ray Lewis. Yeah, he does. That's what I'm saying. Like he. Mosley was a perfect Raven. I yeah. think, and, and I think he's going to come to the Jets. I don't think he's going to take the money and not play. I think he's going to play as hard. Oh uh, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think he'll mail it in either. He doesn't strike um, me as the kind of guy who's going to not give it everything he has. I don't think. I'm pretty sure if he did, Ray Lewis would probably call him and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right, and and I don't think he's going to put up a lady on Bell shit either. No, that well, th- yes, that was my main question. Now that Gase is your John Gruden, which I think is hysterical, what the fuck do you do with Le'Veon Bell? Do you keep him? Do you try and trade him for peanuts? Mm-hmm. No, I would. I be cool back in no offensive line, but he might get a lot of touches. No, I, I, I would keep him. Just, I, I think. Uh, my, it doesn't sound like Gase had an issue with Bell. He had an issue with the money for Bell. Well, most people would have the money, have a money issue for Bell. But in reality, he's he has no injuries right now. He's still in his twenties, and he's uber talented. Is he with the team that has no talent? Know. Right. Well, you have Darnold, who's developing but is showing signs of greatness. Right. But no you have no face of the franchise current. Correct. Right. So yeah. 
Now, Bell... Bell's going to prove to be valuable, and he'll make Gase, I think, like him based on performance. Yeah. Because we know Gase is a, is a notorious, you know, no stars. Um, you know, Gase, if he could, would trade Le'Veon Bell for 10 fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks. I, I know he would. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I know, but that's that's the kind of team Gase that's wants. Right. That's why Landry didn't like yeah, that's why Gase, in my opinion, is about as good of a head coach as Jeff Fisher because he 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 wants guys that are scrappy, wants the chip on the shoulder, but and ultimately, but 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 also here's the thing: Adam Gase has done nothing in this league that warrants that he should be a shot caller. Like at least Gruden won a fucking Super Bowl, and Belichick gets it done every year with them. You know, if Belichick makes a trade like that, you're like, oh, he pro- he's a genius. You know what I mean? Right, but Belichick has a track record of success. Gase, Gase does not. Right. That That's what I'm saying. It, how can you – I can't, in my head, wrap my head around giving the keys to my roster, like this personnel decisions, to Adam Gase. I'll let him run the fucking team. I'll let him call the offense. Keep him. Let Greg Williams call the fucking defense because Gase has no reason to be a part of that play calling, and it just it makes no sense to me. I agree. I mean, and and God help you trying to convince Peyton Manning to stop doing the nationwide commercials with with Brad Paisley because he seems to be loving the shit out of those. Yep. So I I I mean was it wishful thinking to 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 want Peyton Manning to be your fucking GM? Of course, Peyton Manning will probably when he does decide to come back in, for a front office gig, he'll be great. But for the time being, you can't just assume that you can your situation is like desirable to a hundred percent of every candidate. That's just not realistic, right? So yeah, I mean for 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 what it for what it's worth, I mean we'll see how this turns out. I mean, I I you really think he's going to try and trade Bell? I think he'll offer, but I don't think he's going to get anything. Like, you know what I mean? Well, we where was what? Four teams that offered contracts for Bell? Yeah, including the Steelers, who that's definitely not happening. Right, I don't think he's gonna get a. Yeah, he's gonna be a jet. Yeah, that it's there's too much there. Because either either way, I think teams, even the ones, the only team I could see doing it would be the Colts, just because I think they are back to being the Colts that we kind of expect, and I don't think Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines can carry the workload for them i think they're they, they, i think they'd rather have a stud i agree um i agree what did you think about the nba draft lottery oh nick's got screwed yeah this uh i will i will say this this new system where you can't there's no outright you know immense favorite for the number one pick, I th- yeah. I think I think teams realize now like you can tank all you want, but it, it doesn't give you shit. Yeah, I don't like that to be honest. 
What, the new system? Yeah, because there should be a lottery for the top three picks. Yeah. Uh, that I get, but no- nothing else. Come on. Yeah. Like, you say you want the NBA to be fair. There's a reason why these bad teams are never going to be good. Mm-hmm. You rebuild through the draft. Yeah, right. You're not allowing them to rebuild. Yeah. So if a team wants to take one year, who cares? At least they'll be better next year. Right. I feel like the NBA almost needs these teams to be able to eat shit for a year just for the sake of competitive balance. Yeah. You're not helping a team like the Knicks. Because right now, the worst situation in basketball is the Pelicans. So what we're basically guaranteeing is that Zion will play out his rookie contract as a Pelican, probably without without Anthony Davis, and then he's gonna go God knows where. But he's not gonna he's not he's not a career Pelican. No. So that defeats the purpose to me. I agree. I would rather. Now let's just say from the Knicks perspective. Let me run this scenario by you. You have the number three pick and a shitload of picks that you got from Dallas in the in the Porzingis trade. Right. Do you shop that and maybe some guys like DSJ or uh, Nilakina to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis? Yeah, of course you do. But it's really contingent on what you're getting in free agency first. Well, what we're not getting... The I the only center that I could see the Knicks going for would be DeAndre Jordan. I have no issue with that. I don't either, but I would love to see Jordan be a rotational piece because I know that Anthony Davis can be a smidge injury prone. Well, you also have Mitchell Robinson. Yes. Um I wouldn't trade Robinson. It, it, of the younger guys, I'd I'd be willing to trade. Mitchell Robinson is the only one I really want to keep. I would keep him and maybe DSJ as a backup, as not but away from my starting lineup. Right, as a second team scorer. I want him to be my guy to come in when, let's say, hopefully a guy like Kyrie Irving needs a breather. Well, they're saying the Knicks are interested in Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris. I saw that. Um, I can't see them getting – here's the thing. I can't see them getting Rozier and Dennis Smith. That doesn't make sense. No. and I can't you, see them getting Rozier and Kyrie. Because they no hate – Well, they fucking they hate, hate each other. So that's not going to work. Yeah. And if you get Rozier to be your starter, yeah. that means you missed out on Kyrie. So what are you getting, Kawhi and KD? The, uh, that would be my second option. I would I – think, I think it's almost guaranteed that Durant – is going to end up either as a Nick or a net, probably a Nick. Yeah. I think the problem with Kawhi Leonard, man, is he's so fucking hard to read. Like we knew that we, we, we saw the shit that happened with the, with the Spurs. My question, if you are Kawhi Leonard and you you're in the Eastern conference finals now, and the, the Raptors are built to be good for a long time. Right. You were also drafted into a winning culture in San Antonio. Right. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is the kind of guy who's going to be overly thrilled to be coming to a rebuild. Uh, albeit, even if even if you do get Durant and trade for Anthony Davis, like that team immediately be- becomes more appealing. 
team is the best team in the East, in my opinion. If you get the three of them. Plus, you know, if you get Kawhi and Durant, you're still the best team in the East. Well, considering the supporting cast around them is still young, yeah, solid, energetic. Right. Yeah. No, they, there's no question t- the two max contract studs make the Knicks an immediate playoff team. That's That right. seems pretty, pretty apparent. Absolutely. My question, again, is if you're Kawhi Leonard, I, see, you, you never hear anything from Kawhi Leonard about does he like it in Toronto? Like you don't shit. I don't think he cares like about where he plays. I really don't. I think he's more concerned about being in a place where he can contend. Which I agree. if and I guarantee you, Leonard is probably the <laughs> last one to sign. Of all the max eligible guys, like the Clay Thompson realm, even those guys, I think all that. Well, Clay Thompson's never going to leave the fucking Warriors. Let's be real. But all these guys, I could see Butler signing. I could see Rozier and Morris signing before I see Kawhi Leonard signing. Absolutely. And I'm promising you now, Durant will probably sign the second the clock is eligible. Yeah. That yeah, that quick for sure. Yeah, because there's usually one or two guys that sign within like the first like day or so. Right. Um. So are you are you gonna roll with the theory that Kevin Durant is gonna come to the Knicks? Yes. Uh, Kyrie Irving, where? The Knicks. Okay, Kawhi Leonard. The Lakers. Yeah, I was gonna say if he doesn't stay in Toronto, I could see him going out there. Yep. Um, Clay Thompson, a Warrior. Yeah. Draymond. Warrior. Okay, so you think the Warriors keep their nucleus? Yeah. Okay. For sure. And what about Rozier? Stays in Boston. All right, and he's their starting point guard now. Yeah, and the the last name. The guy that I personally would love to see as a Nick, Kemba Walker. Yeah, I wouldn't. You you wouldn't like Kemba? Know. No, he's too old and he's a no. Do you think he stays in Charlotte? I have no. You know what? That is one I haven't really read up on at all. I have no idea what that guy does. Yeah, Charlotte. If right now Charlotte to me does not seem like a place I want to play. No, of course not. You I don't know where to go. Uh, yeah, that I'd be curious to see what other teams would make a run at him because I think he'll draw interest for sure. For sure, absolutely. Um, he's still a very good player, but he's again a little bit older than you would like, and he's not, you know, Durant level talented, right. Yeah, that le- and a team like Memphis isn't going to pay him because they're probably going to take John Morant, so that right, negates your need. Well, Conley's pretty much gone anyway. At the right, one, but they they want to mentor Morant, I'm sure. You, you, that would that's what the logic would tell you, of course. Uh, what about Dallas? Doncic, Kemba, Porzingis. I could see that. You know who I could also see making a run for Kemba. Uh, I would. I was gonna say Brooklyn, but then I remembered D'Angelo Russell's there. Because I think I, 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 something tells me Kemba Walker would love to play in his hometown. 
and you would think, but he hasn't said that. Yeah, but Kemba Walker says nothing. He's like a, he's 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 like Kawhi. He, he when has Kemba Walker ever opened his mouth? Never. Right. So he's he's impossible to read. Right. But I am free agency starts what in June? Yeah. Yeah, I'm super fascinated to see where these people signed. Last question for you. Um, the first two picks in the NBA draft are pretty much set in stone. The Knicks take Barrett at three. Better. All right. Well, you're right. At that point, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. Well, they fucking better. Yeah, right. <laughs> and honestly, I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be that mad at taking Barrett if I surround him and give him the chance to learn from a guy like Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Yeah that that at least would be promising. But with that, let's put a bow tie on this one because we're about to hit that 45 mark. All right, Luke, listen, I got some stuff to do. Um, are you going to be going to work tonight? Yeah, I gotta, I'm got. i sleeping and then I got softball. Uh, what time are you heading to softball? 4.45. All right, so let me call you then and we'll discuss today. Yeah, call me at like 5.30. Got it. That sounds good. Peace. And that was the latest installment of the Bleacher Creatures podcast, of course, and always brought to you by Jones for Sports and our newest sponsor, uh, NomadsStreetTeam.com. Uh, if you guys are out of the loop on that, uh, no, the Nomads and the, the Street Team website has allowed Jones and for Sports uh, to start basically making blog posts. So head on over there. You could check out the posts that I made about um, why God hates the Knicks and ranking the top five MLB fitteds, a couple other sports-related stuff. Uh, My partner, Sean Jones, is also making some posts over there. So it's good stuff. Check it out. And we will see you guys next week.